0: God is definitely not someone that is being preached about in most churches.
1: We tend to think that there is only A and B with God because
0: there's only A and B with us. God's a lover and He's a forgiver, but I think a big misconception is that that's all that God is. God is as just as He is loving. Our minds can't even comprehend how great He is, how big He is, how vast He is. The Bible tells us that He loves us, He is love, but the Bible also tells us to fear God. He's not our BFF. God is someone that loves us so much that uh, he will remove things out of our life that we hold on to. You do not define God. I do not define God. God is self-defining. God is not a matter of opinion. Alright, so this is the Let God Die podcast. This is Josh. And it's Calvin. And today we're joined by Margie. Hi. we served in youth ministry for a long time together and she's very much church mom i guess you could say that and have a lot of respect for her and just wanted to have her share her story today so margie Mm -hmm. what do you do besides make really good food
1: (laughs) i do rock it i just made like this amazing meal for um soup kitchen my brother's keeper i try to serve there like i serve there twice a month and so today though, they're all like, they love the food, but today I messed up the Kool-Aid. Like they were, fight- I was telling Josh earlier, two guys were fighting over whether I put sugar in the Kool-Aid. I, I'm just saying like, I'm a white girl. I'm probably not that great at making Kool-Aid, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so it's just, you know, it's one of those things. My real life, I work in sales and like every time I'm not at work, I'm hoping I'm serving and loving somebody whether it's, you know, in a soup kitchen or at a school or, you know, reading to little kids or, you know, I love kids. Teenagers are the best. I mean, they're a little smelly sometimes, but the cool thing about them is they're, they just don't have filters like adults. And they haven't learned how to hide behind all their crap yet. And so, like, when something's bothering them, you know. They might not always express it the best, but you know, if something's bothering them and you know, when they're happy and you know, they snot all over your shoulder when they're not happy.
0: So, uh, how did you get involved with, uh, my brother's keeper? And can you tell us a little bit about that? Like what that is for people that aren't familiar?
1: Um, my brother's keeper is a soup kitchen slash church in Detroit it's at Grand River and Trumbull. And, um, shamelessly I have, a community garden behind that so in the summer i'll need help we would just get donations and i would cook dinner it's the greatest like the greatest days of my um month i serve twice so now my current church serves there and then i serve with metro too so we do like the second second monday and third tuesday of the month and if you can tell i can tell in my spirit when i haven't been there for a while. I am so crabby. And then I get there and I start like, and I'll like prep a bunch of stuff like the days before. And then, um, and then like, I just try to make them the best meal that they have all month. Like that, like I, when I cook, I'm like, Jesus is at those tables. Like, I don't like just cook like, oh, I got I to gotta make something cheap or I do cook real cheap. That's like the good thing about being like a single mom. You learn how to make great food cheap. Today, they had Italian sausage and onions and peppers and garlic and then like Alfredo sauce and noodles and broccoli and... Like I know who likes what, and just don't. I'm really never gonna make the Kool Aid again, but um, <laughs> <laughs> like that, like I'm, I'm gonna like sweat over that Kool Aid thing for a while. But you know, like I really just think like they deserve, like they deserve a good meal. Like people who say like they should just be happy with they get what they get, which people do say that, and I'm like. Yeah, well, did you forget that these people were, like, made in God's image just like us? Like, just like us. Like, might have started out as this thing where, you know, I'm serving the poor people who need to eat. You know, like, whatever. But, like, I love them. Like, there's these two boys there, Martin and Orlando. And today, like, they had this issue. They're not doing, they're not acting right. You know what I mean? And I'm like, listen. I love you every day no matter what. Um I got that from my friend Katie and like they don't want to look at you in the face because they know that they're doing bad. And I'm like, uh-uh, look at me. I held them by their chin and I said, I love you every day, no matter what, no matter what choices you make. Love you. Like I love you. Your mama loves you and I love you. And you know, like that's never gonna change. And Like, sometimes when they act up, they don't want them to serve with us, like, to serve the people. But those boys have a heart for serving, and I'm not going to stop that. Just because you make a bad choice doesn't mean that you don't, that you deserve to be, like, shunned and shamed. Mm. Nope. You come and serve. And another thing there is, like, people, tend you know how people pick on each other? Like, they'll, like... They say something nasty, but they say it in a joke and then they're only joking. And so when I'm in the kitchen, we live Ephesians four twenty nine thirty, that we only build each other up, that we don't like that we don't jokingly say
2: words snabby, of discouragement. Like manner. we just
1: don't do that because mm-hmm. you know when that happens to you when someone says something crappy to you, like it's like, Ugh. So it hits your spirit even if it is a joke said in a joking manner. So that's how it rolls in the kitchen. When I'm there, we're gonna have fun, but we're not gonna be crappy to each other. Mm-hmm. You know?
2: It's good. It's awesome you get to bring that to the environment. Like, you know, the fact that you get to watch people work together, like, cohesively as a unit, and then through that, like, build community.
1: They're just, they're like, everybody's just like everybody else. You know what I mean? Like, they just make different choices. You know, how to make always good choices. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You don't get to as to be a single mom, usually because you made good choices. So, so, you know, I mean, that's just real life. So, but you know, it is what it is and God uses it all for sure.
0: So Margie, for people that have no idea who you are, I would, I would venture to say that most people have had that, I don't know, church mom in their life or uh, the lady who shows a lot of tough love, um, which I've seen so many times when Seeing you like straight up scold somebody, but in, the, but in the but in the next in the next moment, like you know, just like hug on them and they know that you love them, um, and that's that's like a rare thing. Um, and there've been there've been a lot of times that I've toured around that I've described particular people as like New Jersey's Margie. Um, and, like, <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, like that. um, that's
1: crazy! But just
0: like seeing different people that have those gifts and uh, you know, that like calling just to like shepherd young girls in a way that Mm -hmm. is just like very straightforward and to the point, but at the same time just like soaked in love. Um, And for people that do know you, I'm sure (laughs) that a lot of people have just kind of like experienced that and maybe don't know kind of like the background. So um, if we could kind of just get into your story about coming to know Christ and um, growing up and all that. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, my mom died when I was uh, eight... Holy moly. 16 months old. So, um, I never knew my mom. Like, my dad raised me and, like, that's rough. That's, like, rough for him and rough for me. And somehow we navigated, like, through all of that. Like, it just, um, there's like, a lot of ups and downs. But, like, when I was in fourth grade, I wanted to stay home. Like, I always wanted to be big. Like, I think, like, not that it's anybody's fault, but, like, I feel like I kind of got robbed of a childhood because, like, you have like you have to take care of stuff when you're young and you don't have a mom and um so like I was cooking dinner and doing all this stuff like I wanted to stay home and that was part of it I had to clean and like all that stuff and a lot of people like say like oh that was a terrible way to grow up and I think like man I don't know if it was a terrible way to grow up right I I don't know that's all you know, that's right? all- that's all I know right so and I know like my dad like did the best he could with you know like that's just the... This- The cross, I guess I was, like, made to carry, like, whatever. So, um, so I, like, my family, like, we were Catholic, and I never, ever dog a denomination, but my family, they didn't, like, they weren't super, like, it was more about the religion part of, and so I'm, like, looking at these people, and they're all, like, we go to church, and, but they're not real always nice to people or whatever, you know, like, to me, I just had to make it to communion so that I could get a lifesaver. If I could, like, behave all the way, like, if I could make it all the way to communion, I could get a lifesaver. And so, like, that was church to me. It was boring. It was redundant. Like, now I love the reverence of it. Like, I love that you can go to a Catholic church anywhere and you can, like, know the, like, the the prayers. And, like, you know, you say that our Father, like, and this is how you say it. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as in it. And, like, everybody says the same tone, right? Now that, like, I know Jesus, like, I like I just am like, our Father. You know what I mean? Like, when I say it, I'm like, yeah! yeah. And so, um.
2: My daddy who's in heaven. That's
1: right. <laughs> he got the hookup. So... <laughs> um, that's the part that no one expects out of me. <laughs> so, um, my life was how it was. Though I played with like loved Barbies and you know, had a great like had a lot of great things, but like I had to do like a lot of grown-up things too. And so, um, I don't know, fast forward many many years and you know, I guess, you know, my dad was busy trying to live life and take care of everything and God love him. I don't, I seriously don't know if he ever once told me that I was beautiful my whole life. Not cute, not beautiful, nothing. And it's not that he didn't love me. He just, that wasn't like, I think my dad was just trying to survive. He's got this crazy, sassy mouth, you know, teenager. And you an only child? Yes. My sister, oh, and then add to the fact that my sister died. In his arms when she was 12 months old. Oh, wow. Wow. She was born in 70, died in 71. Then my mom died in 74 in my dad's arms. And then he's like, okay, now I have this kid, this little girl. What the heck do I do with a little girl? You know what I mean? And he he was a good dad, and he really did the best he could. You know, I never went without an Easter basket. And there was always, you know, presents under the tree and... We, like, had great summers on our boat and all that good stuff. But, you know, there's still things that probably were missing and whatever. So, fast forward, 19 years old, doing my thing, get hooked up with this guy. He does drugs. And um, I asked him, like, hey, like, you got to stop. Like, I didn't even know I was pregnant at that point. You got to stop. Like, it's either me or the drugs. And... He was like, oh, I have a drug problem, which, you know, anybody who says I don't have a drug problem, they got a drug problem. And so I left and then found out, like, a few weeks later that I was pregnant. I wasn't going to keep her. Like, that's the, I had, like, the the appointment and everything, and um, my dad found out because the guy told him, and my dad said, like, I'll support you in whatever choice you make, but I would prefer that you didn't make the choice of, like losing the baby so so here's me like all freaking out i don't know what to do with my life you know like i i don't want people you were 19 at the time i was 19 and so um i was like oh my gosh i don't like i don't know what i'm gonna do like how am i gonna make like four dollars (laughs) and 85 (laughs) like oh my gosh people are gonna talk about me blah 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 and all that good stuff and i politely called the clinic and said i'm really sorry but i'm not gonna make it I hope that's okay. I'm like (laughs) (laughs) So funniest thing, right? So I had my daughter and certainly wasn't easy. And I at one point decided like people are going to talk about me no matter what. So they could either talk about me like, oh, poor Margie, which I felt like people had said my whole life. Oh, poor Margie. She didn't have a mom. Like people would walk up to me because back then there weren't single parent like when I was growing up. People would walk up to me and say, are you the girl that's mom died? And oh, then wow, I would gosh. cry in the <laughs> in the playground. And then I was the girl who was always crying. And, you know, like I had teachers who didn't like me like in first grade because I was always crying because people were asking a six-year-old, are you the one whose mom died? And so thankfully I had an amazing principal who would be like, just come sit down here and do your work. It's fine. So, I had decided, you know, I wasn't going to be poor Margie. This not, was not going to be how I rolled. So, at some point, I don't know, Phyllis was maybe two-ish, one or two. I had four jobs and went to school. Yeah, so when people say they can't do stuff and work, I'm always like, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> like, suck it up, buttercup. Like, I like did whatever I took. I had, like, One job that I worked Tuesday through Friday. I worked at a hardware store on the weekends. I worked at a um, chiropractic clinic Mondays, all day, Wednesday, half day. That when I didn't, wasn't at the insurance company, and then Fridays. And then I sold Pampered Chef on Tuesday and Thursday nights. My Lord. Yeah. And then at some points went to school once I stopped selling Pampered Chef. So, like, I just never get that whole I don't have any money and I can't work stuff.
0: So um, Uh, real quick, um, I think I remember you in the past mentioning, did you name Phyllis after your mom?
1: Yeah, I named um, she like I wanted to name her after my mom, but I didn't want to hurt my dad. Yeah, And I also didn't want to tell, you know, people, well, maybe you don't know, but people like think they're going to name their kids something. And then when they're born, they name them something else. Yeah, yeah, And so I didn't want to tell everybody I was going to name her Phyllis and then not name her Phyllis because then they think I was a jerk. Like, <laughs> like oh, I thought you were going to name her after your mom. You're a loser. So um, well, I don't think anybody would have said that to me, but. They probably would have thought it. So she was going to be Alexis all the way, all the way up until she was born. And I looked at my dad and said, can I name her after my mom? And he was like, yes, dad, I think that would be awesome. So my thing about her was that she was going to have that life that I always wanted. Like she was going to have the best Easter baskets and the best Christmas and all the thing. like we were going to go to the zoo and the park and like... We, like, I didn't have any money. So, like, I would literally, like, take my income tax check and immediately go buy a Henry Ford pass and a zoo pass. And, that like, that would last us a whole year till the next income tax check came. And, like, we did do things like that, and we would go. So we could go for free to the zoo any Saturday or Sunday we wanted to, and I worked, like, crazy. And I don't know, I just, like, really wanted... To be the mom that I kind of always wished I had, so she always had a big birthday party. Like the one of her birthday parties, the fifteen year old, the 50, when she turned fifteen, she had a big birthday party, and that was the one that two people got the spoon broken on them.
0: Yeah, uh, explain that a little bit.
1: So <laughs> I, I like I'm the mom, so I have a spoon. You know, everybody's been whacked a good one by you know when you need it by a mom with a spoon. So. Couple people were acting up. I whacked them with a spoon so hard that I cracked it. And I'm not sure which one it actually broke on, but like it snapped. I don't know. I found Jesus when I had a whole bunch, when probably my life looked the best to the outside world. I was like, had my feet in the closet holding back all the skeletons, hoping they didn't fall out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so um, my friend invited me to go to church. I was literally pacing outside the church, like
0: like before going in at all. Yeah, yeah. like
1: I, they were my friends were late, which I'm never late for. I really try never to be late for church, and so like I'm pacing, waiting for them to come. And literally, first three, first three songs, like first time I'd ever really heard like contemporary worship, which was not that great. When I think about what we have now, but like, yeah. and I seriously was like. <gasps> like even the lady when Phyllis went to Sunday school like asked Phyllis, "Are you guys do you think you'll come back?" and she's like, "Oh yeah, my mom was crying." Yeah. <laughs> so, um that was it. Like, man, God saved me like from a big fat mess and forgave all my crazy. And so, well, I'm still crazy, but it's just different crazy now. And so like I did everything like I was on the evangelism board. I was a director of Vacation Bible school like if if I want, they were like, you want to do that? Go ahead. They let, let me do anything I wanted basically because I was just like, I'm fired for Jesus and I want everybody to know him. But you know, when you're first a Christian, you're an asshole sometimes. Like,
2: <laughs> sorry. fine. But you know and, what I mean? You like, you become perfect over time. Yeah.
1: You're like, <laughs> you should change your life like me. Like, and you, like, you don't like maybe necessarily get all the grace and love part at yeah. first. And so... I mean, I think, like, there are times when you need to get people out of your life, like, because they're just going to suck you down. But hopefully you find a way to, like, love them, too. Yeah. But mm-hmm. um it's kind of like that airplane thing, put the mask over your own mouth first. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, but, yeah, I was crazy. Like, I didn't do anything but church. Like, broke up with the guy that I was dating and, um. Because he was like, you're becoming one of those church people. And I'm like, well, I am one of those church people. But I made like some great friends and they just like loved on me and taught me to love the Bible and to, taught me to pray and, you know, all that stuff. Like how important it was. And
0: So where, where did like the learning grace and love come in for you?
1: Um, To be honest, Adam and Katie Dorband, like they give grace better than anyone and i think like like i had to come to a place where i really had like i was in like a i was loving jesus and doing all this stuff but like you know i just needed to accept it and until you really like accept it you can't really give it amen yeah. and so yes um like they just like you know i have this mouth like And they just kept loving me through this mouth. I don't even think they ever said, like, don't say that. They just loved me right through it all. And I'd be like, ooh, I shouldn't have said that. I remember when they were um, adopting the boys and they said, and they, like, their blog was like, we love because he loved us first. And so, like, that was huge for me. Just, like, serving people and, like, that's where I learned love and grace. Because I think, like, when someone... Like, is crappy to us, or whatever. Like, you don't know what kind of day they had, and you could just be the one, or that you could, you don't know what they're stressing about. And you could, like, you could be the one that they maybe most feel safe to just, like, yell at, like some guy fighting about four pieces of chicken. Well, maybe he hasn't eaten them four days before. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, you're still not going to act a fool about chicken, but
2: knowing the context of the attitude, you know, kind of helps.
1: Or, like, if they're, like, out of their mind. Um, and, you know, those people who stand by the side of the road, mm-hmm. like, that some of them are fake homeless people that they drop yeah. off in the bus. But uh, one of my friends, she serves them pretty faithfully. She takes some sandwiches, and she knows their names. And so I really, like, didn't really think that it was my thing, but I, but I love to serve, like, feed people. So I was like, I'll go with you for the next three weeks or whatever. And I learned their names and like I hugged them and the other day I like drove her out for 45 minutes to get them food because I didn't have any food and they was cold and they were hungry and they really are homeless. They're not the fake homeless people, but you know, they can't hold a job. They're like addicted to drugs, prostitutes. And I don't know. You just like, you know, their names. I think, like, knowing people, like, really, like, learning their hearts is when you learn love and grace the most. Everybody at the core of it, like, is probably who acts out is probably afraid of something. And most, they're probably afraid of that they're going to lose all they have and that no one's going to love them, you know?
0: So I guess when you look at your own life, would you say that there are a lot of times that you were in a similar spot? Um, I guess as far as, like, projecting things a certain way. Um, but there being people in your life that just, like, loved you through it, um, I guess beyond, like, what was kind of conveyed, knowing that there was something maybe deeper going on.
1: I think I knew God, like, but when my daughter had arthritis, and she had it from time she was, like, four till she was in remission ten, and now it's coming, like, she's have has episodes here and there, but... If you would have known me then and how scared I was and, like, how I worried that, like, if I missed work too much, I was going to lose my job, if you would have met me then, like, if you think I'm a scrapper now, oh, (laughs) (laughs) like, literally, this guy was, like, six foot tall, probably over 250, 250 pounds, and I made him cry because I cussed him out so bad because he did something and I was like, what? because I'm like, oh my gosh, the customer's going to find out. I'm and it was like this big cycle of thing and what if they find out and what if I get fired? And even though I didn't have anything to do with that, I was so scared of losing my job, insurance, money because my daughter was sick. You would have never known, but if you got took the time to get to know me, you would know like, oh, yeah, she's just really scared. And even now, if I act that way, I'm probably scared out of my mind I was in Haiti once, and this guy like was threatening us. And I, you would have thought like I had a gun in my purse. I was so crazy, and I was, and they were like, "Were you scared?" And I was like, "Well, did it seem like it?" They were like, "No," and be like, yes, because I was scared out of my mind. <laughs> like I was like, "We gonna die here?" <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna die first before all these people. But that's like what makes me like try to get to figure out what's wrong like like those two boys today like why are you acting out like what is in your heart is hurting you because that's why they're acting out yeah there something's going on and so like that's my thing like that i just want to know like let's get to the root of it let's like pull that dead tooth out so you don't have that toothache anymore so that you can put a denture or whatever in there and get on (laughs) with yourself you know
0: Mm -hmm. brought it up in a lot of different contexts on the podcast um previous ones but like when jesus was being crucified and he said forgive them they don't know what they're doing yeah i don't know any interaction that we have with people where people are just being very unreasonable or just acting out and it's just like in large part we don't know the gravity of what we're doing you know or we're trying to just express one thing but it's coming out a different way so below the surface that has nothing to do with the person that they're reacting against
1: Erroring on the side of grace always comes in. Yeah. Like if you read something or somebody says something to you, you don't really know if at that moment they're really pissed at you or like they they could have read it wrong. If I'm in a hurry and I'm like, Josh, where are you? And you've already had a bad day and you got a flat tire and you're like, and you read it in a text like, Josh, where are you? We're supposed to be somewhere at five o'clock. And I could have just been like, Josh, where are you? We need to be there at five. You know what I mean? Like, that's where you should always, always, always err on the side of grace. Yeah. Because that because you don't know. You don't know what happened mm-hmm. 16 things before then.
2: I feel as- like people do. Like, they carry those weights around. And, like, I mean, even, like, all of us, like, there are moments in our lives where we naturally revert back to, like, sin habits and things that we used to do before mm-hmm. Christ to, like, try to, I guess, appease a situation where, like, you know... When our first inclination would be to snap, now it's to actually think through, like, okay, what is this person going through? Right. Like, there's a deeper struggle that I'm not seeing. I'm seeing symptoms, but there is a deeper problem behind that. Yeah. And, like, the fact that sometimes people mean well, but they mean well terribly. And, like, you know, not to hold that against them. Like, you know, as Joshua was saying, like, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Like, that, it, it brings so much room for reconciliation, even in that friendship. Even if a person's just, like, raging mad to just pull them aside, like, hey... I've totally seen you be a better version of yourself. Like, this isn't who you are. Like, what's going on? And just open a conversation up from there. Like, there's so much healing that happens through that.
1: And a lot of people get it. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't, like, get past that part of me to see, like... Or they don't err on the side of grace with me. You know what I mean? Like, they don't, you know... Like, they don't know that on a mission trip, it's two weeks before... It's like 40 hours a week minimum plus my job. So by the time Thursday, like I'm frustrated and, you know, like I hope to like get that. Like I hope that people would extend grace to me. So I always, to the best of my ability, try to extend it to someone else. Because mm-hmm. like "hold be the friend you want to be, Yeah, corny thing, you know, but it's true. Yeah. Very right.
0: Well. So Margie, what would you say? I mean, I have my own thoughts, but. to the mindset of like if we err on the side of grace it will give permission to be idiots
1: um i think that you should love someone enough to say like knock it off like if i'm just gonna use kelvin as an example like if he's acting a fool like playing all the girls which i know he's not because he knows i got a spoon but i'm just saying like <laughs> if he was playing the girls like i can say like kelvin i love you every day no matter what but knock that off that is not the kind of man that god is raising you up to be mm-hmm. or like if someone's hurting somebody or hurting themselves like that like you said earlier like be the best version of yourself you know what I mean? Like, I saw some meme the other day that said, like, our hardest battle is the one we battle against our old self. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, that is, like, that is truth. You know what I mean? For me, for me, it's a stressful day. I'm going to go get ice cream or whatever. Like, I don't know. I think you can, like, love someone enough to say, like, hey, that's probably not a good choice. Like, I love you. I love you no matter the choice you make. I don't have to like it or like you in your and your big fat mess, mm-hmm. you know. And people will either like respect that and love you through it, or maybe, they, or maybe even today they won't. Mm-hmm. But maybe someday they'll say, "Man, she was right." Yeah, you know.
0: And that's that's awesome because that's something that I don't think you can fake. I think God has given some people that gift, like naturally. And then, uh, I mean, for me, it's been a thing that I've kind of grown into over time, but. Like, some people are just naturally inclined to be able to say, like, stop being an idiot. But the way that they express it, like, the the receiver of that has no doubt that the speaker loves them, like, entirely, you know? And I, I don't know if that's something that's always been the case with you, but that's what, that's what I've seen and experienced is just, like, you could totally tell me that, like, Josh, you're being a fool, like, <laughs> knock it off. But, like, there would be no doubt to me that, like... All right, like Margie's love for me has not been affected by what what I did. Yeah, she just like she said it how it is, how it is, and like mm-hmm. that's kind of the end of it. You know, like <laughs> yeah, can't just can't just fake that. You know.
1: Yeah, I also think that you have to like earn the right to be heard in somebody's life. Like you can't yeah. just walk up to somebody who you never like that you kind of know around and then give them advice because if you haven't loved them, like then what like. Why should they believe you? Yeah, right. How, you're just one of the millions of voices in their head, you know. Like that's one thing that, like, with me and serving, consistency is like my biggest thing. Like, I'm consistent. I don't, I don't sign up for everything. I used to sign up for everything, and then I would almost die trying to get it all done. But mm. I literally do not sign up for something unless I know I can be consistent with it. Like when I go to read to the first graders. I know I'm going to go once a month. I'm not going to say I'm going to come every week because I can't do that, but I can come once a month. Or like, okay, I can have two gardens. I can't have 15 gardens in the city of Detroit. I can't keep up with that. Like they were joking today that they want me to come every week for three days a week at my brother's keeper. And I was like, I could never do that. And so like, but if I say something to someone, even at my brother's keeper, because I'm consistent, And I've earned the right to be heard. I think it's a big deal. And hug people. When you give someone advice or tell them to stop it, like to stop being an idiot, like hug them. And don't give them one of those crappy like...
2: Side hug games. Yeah, or
1: like the three tap. Like, oh, like you hug them. You hug them like today might be the last time I hug you. And when you hug when I hug you, you're gonna know I love you. And mm. like that's it. Have you ever been hugged by me where it's like a fake hug? Nope.
2: Nope. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> so committed.
1: Nope. And it's like otherwise don't hug me if you're gonna hug me like that. Like for real, that ain't real. <laughs> I'll just shake my hand. So uh,
2: I think thinking like talking about what you were saying about like having a right to speak into someone's life, it makes me think so much about like the gospel and the fact that, you know, Christ did miracles as an act of compassion. Not that mm-hmm. he had to, mm-hmm. but when he spoke into people's lives and spoke life into them, he also showed them that he cared, which is why, mm-hmm. like, spiritual gifts are given to us as our powerful witness. Like, for me to tell someone, yo, you need to follow Jesus and obey Christ, and they'll be like, well, why? Like, what does he have to do with me? But if you go up to a person and, like, humility ask them about, like, you know, what's going on in their lives and if they have any aches or pains or anything like that just offer yourself to for healing in that and when god actually shows up it gives you a a space for them to see that this god that you're talking about is not just some esoteric thing just out there but he actually does like love you and is willing to engage in your everyday life like Mm -hmm. it brings it from here to here yeah and i feel like people are way more receptive than that than just like you telling them hey you need to stop sleep with your girlfriend Mm. why because the bible said so <laughs>
1: you gonna get him knocked up and get an STD. Yeah, like, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's so
2: sad because I used to minister like that when I first got saved. I was a jerk. And there are people, <laughs> we like, do. before I knew all of this, like in my old mind, I was just so passionate. Like, that passion was not guided by doctrine or anything. I wanted everyone to know about Jesus and turned so many people away because I was so obnoxious.
0: Yep, zeal, like, without compassion. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah. It was my life.
1: I met, like, I knew this person for a really long time and. Like, they were a Christian, and then they switched to be a Muslim. And I was curious. Like, I wasn't trying to be a jerk. I don't – oh, there's another thing. I never argue religion or theology. Like, you – like, Calvinism, Arminianism, all those things. I'm like, I'm out. <laughs> like, I love Jesus. And, like I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, like, I, like, I'm not going to, like – like, I'm not – like, I know what I believe, and I know what the Bible says and, like, all of that. But I'm not going to, like – get in an argument about different religions because, you know what, I don't know. and That's not my deal. I just want to love people. My friend said, I switched because Muslims really live out what they say they live out and they love people. They will give you their, like he had seen it, like them give their last meal knowing that God would provide. That made such an impact on my life. When he said that to me, I was like, that's the kind of Christian I want to be. I mean, I'll tell you, I love Jesus and he's the way and the one that I love and he's why I do what I do. And I don't, I don't want to be on TV. I don't want to be in the paper. I don't, I just want to love Jesus and love people. And I want to be what he says we should be. And that's love. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Two commandments love God, love your neighbor
2: actual christians (laughs) (laughs) yeah weird
1: (laughs) weird (laughs) so like what else is there but you gotta have that like they gotta know that you're loved they're loved sorry that they're loved by you know how we act and you're a great example of that like i've seen you love people through a lot of mess josh i have like seen you like people that like i think man like i don't give up on them but oh they need a spoon and so like i just have seen you just love people like right where they're at and probably because you've been loved right where you're at like you like got that grace (laughs) you give it because you got it right Mm. and like that is just like super like awesome to me like so i like look up to you that way like you just like go where god says like and I like wish that I was a little bit probably more like that. Like I was a little bit more free throwing, free flowing. I'm like, we gotta make dinner, calendar and whatever. And like I just see what you do, and I just am like sometimes in awe. Like so great.
0: Jesus, yeah, Jesus man. And a lot <laughs> of very horrible times of not doing that. <laughs> like you know, like yeah. learning from the learning from times that I did not show grace at all. I was really pissy towards people and had people call me out where they're just like, dude, that's not cool. You know, like you can't, can't do crap like that. I don't know. Learning the hard way in the, in the sense of really hurting some people in the process and like recognizing, like we were talking about earlier, like having a lot of zeal and not having empathy towards people, you know? And then when I'd be in situations where I was just like, man, I just need a lot of grace. Um, and experiencing people show that to me, you know, it's just kind of like put a whole different spin on things, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, even like it, I, I rec- recognized years ago being really judgmental of like friends' marriages who had been divorced. And then like there was a point in time, like years before mine, that I was just like hit with this thought of like, what the heck separates them from me? People make choices to, to end things all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. People make choices that affect other people all the time. Um, against their desire um and just that like we're all flawed you know and when i'm being a complete idiot in any in any way you know like i would hope that someone would be like all right he's probably got more on his mind and there's more below the surface you know right like you said being the friend that you that you want to have or whatever however you worded it it um but also just thinking in terms of like Ex, you know wanting to extend grace the way that you've been extending grace or that you would Sure as heck want to experience grace in a given situation, yeah. you know, yeah. I mean, there there have been a few friends in particular that um, That have just like made crappy crappy choices so, some that I didn't treat the greatest other situations were just like heavy on my heart that like All right, they are beating the crap out of themselves Um and they might need, they, they might need a wooden spoon broken by somebody else, you know, in their life. But like for you, your role is to extend grace, you know, and mm-hmm. to restore them, you know, yeah. I think that's like the, the big thing is like, I want to have that grace of like restoration, you know, instead of just like this reprimanding type of attitude, you know, Yep. I feel like when grace is
2: done the right way, it will inspire instead of enable. Mm-hmm.
0: Like For I, sure, I yeah.
2: always believe that. Like you know, when it's patient and when it's genuine, it will inspire a person to see themselves the way God sees them. Yep. And they'll desire change, even if you're not around. To love, you have to be able to love a person without fear in that moment, though, or else you'll be like, well, if I love you too much, you know, he'll just come back to me and whine all the time about stuff he's doing wrong, but. Like loving that person without fear allows that person to be free. And like you said, like restoration is like the root of the gospel. Like Christ restored our relationship back to the Father. And how much more should we to one another? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. This is a thing that I want to get into in a future podcast, like more specifically, but shoot. It's kind of topic of what we're talking about. So I thought I'd kind of hop into it. Um this thought came to me a couple months ago about like my attitude should never be I love you, but Mm. um, it should always be, I love you and, you know, because like when I say I love you, but you're being an idiot, like there's almost that connotation of like, I would be able, I would have more grace and love extended towards you if you weren't being such a, such a tool right now, you know, but like just saying like, I love you and you need to stop it, you know, like
1: Mm -hmm. not that it
0: necessarily needs to be worded that way, but that kind of heart and attitude behind it. Of like yeah my, my love for you as a person cannot be lessened really having that attitude of extending grace um, and not having your views of the person you know like lessened based on what they're they're doing but just kind of having a heart of compassion and like you said like in a way that what, what was it not doesn't enable but yeah, it inspires inspires him
2: yeah. that's good like but in the end, it's like the butt is like saying, like, you know, I love you, but, you know, my grace is sufficient for you only if you meet me halfway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But since you're not meeting me, I'm not going to fully give because you're not going to fully give. Mm. Right. But Christ fully gave. So why am I not fully giving?
1: Right. Even Christ said, like, hey, like, he knocked over the tables when people were acting like complete fools, you know, mm. in the marketplace. And, like, I think it's okay to say, like, you got to stop, like, at some point, like, mm-hmm. You know those people who stand outside like on the corners and stuff like that. Like I like I love them. I always have treats for them in my car cuz I'm weird like and I feed people, that's what I do, but I never give them money because right. I because I love them. However, cuz I'm not going to say, but however, <laughs> I'm not going to be responsible for their their overdose if they yeah. take my money and buy drugs and I know that whole like, what you give is between you and God and what they do with it is between them and God. However, we are supposed to be good stewards and we don't do stupid crap. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you just that's don't. A,
0: that's a tough line to toe for it is. I mean, for myself a lot. Like, I think that's great, though.
1: But it, it is a tough line to toe, but that's why we pray. I've had, like, God say no. Like, straight up. Should I give him this money? No. Ooh because i think they need it and i really want to but i like then when someone said that to me about the overdose thing do you want to be responsible for their next overdose nope so i'll carry granola bars in my per in my car like always you know what i mean because they want we want them to know i want them to know they're loved and i want them to have something in their belly but Mm. like i can't be responsible for that Mm. and i can't help it if someone else you know, does?
2: I mean, common, common misconception is the fact that money is what people need. Like, who are in that particular situation? And like, uh, me and Luke Bondi were kind of talking the other day, and he showed me a bunch of videos from this organization called uh, Charmers.org, and like, they do a lot of like street ministry in like inner city, and like for them, like their thing is not giving people money, because in a way, like it does like cripple. But really, there's a deeper issue behind why they're standing in a position that they're mm-hmm. in. Like, they don't need money. They need relationship. Yeah. And through their relationship, they gain encouragement. Through that encouragement, they gain empowerment. Through the empowerment, they're actually able to see themselves the way they did not before. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it kind of moves a
0: trajectory for their lives, I guess. Well, like treating them like a human. Right. Yeah. Like, like Christians. In a world that they're, you know, seen as just, you know or needy or whatever.
1: Like one of the first soup kitchens I ever served at, the guy would always pray, "Let us be mindful that the people we are serving are made in the same image as we were." Yes, That's great. And so, like, if I get to be a little bit snitty about something, I always I can hear Grady's. Like voice in my head, let us be mindful. I'm like, Shit, <laughs> I'm not being mindful, but I'm gonna be now. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they're just they're just people. Like, and um, a guy at my church, his name is Matt with Emily. They do the homeless ministry, and Matt and Emily spend lots of time with the people on the street. And one of the guys that they reached out to went to treatment, and he just graduated from the program. Awesome. And it's like. And he's, like, he was, our pastor was telling the story about how, like, Matt, when Matt gets married, he wants his, fr- his got his friend, um, Butch is his name, he wants Butch to stand up in his wedding. That's the kind of That's relationship huge, they have. About. Like, Matt yeah. loves Butch and Butch loves Matt. And it's not like Butch is using Matt and Matt's, like, doing it just to feel better about himself. They're friends. Like, yes. And if if Butch needs someone to say, like, you're acting like a fool... Like, Matt can do it because he's earned the right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, engage. Yes. Love people, for crying out loud.
2: (laughs) Like, don't be afraid to. Like, when it's done fearfully, it's terrible. It does so much damage, like, on both ends. Because, like, Mm -hmm. you're not able to be free in who you're called to be. And that person's not able to receive what they're meant to receive. Yeah. So, it puts a huge stagger on the relationship. And there's, like, no growth. There's no intimacy and, like... You
0: can just tell like it just falls apart really fast.
1: Yeah. It's crazy.
0: So Margie, I know you mentioned uh, helping out at the soup kitchen and whatnot. Um, What else do you have going on in the city of Detroit?
1: Oh gosh, I'm crazy (laughs) in the city of Detroit. So I have two community gardens. I have the one that I started last year. And then um, I have... So last fall I started... um, I pray in my neighborhood of my church and um, there was this... This, like, lot that's actually three lots. And so I'm working with some people, tons of people in the city. It's so cool to see people, like, you hear all these bad things about politicians and you see all these people coming together for the common good of the kids and talking about investing in the kids and giving them something. So, where I'm um, taking these three lots and hopefully, really soon, two of them will be donated to Depor- De- Detroit Public Schools Foundation. And then we're going to take it and then um, I have friends who are cutting down trees and I have other friends who are talking about the crazy me and their friends are going to come and help grade it. And like we're going to we're going to put it in a soccer field and got people donating the goalposts, the permanent goalposts. And um, I'm selling crazy T-shirts that say I play, I grow, I dream Detroit. Actually, I went on. And um, that money is going to be used to fund whatever we need for the lot, whether it's grass or... Um, it's really cool because people, like, they... um, The Greening of Detroit is involved. Like, they want to, like, renewable stuff and, like, teach the kids, like, we cut down trees and then we plant another one. It's a... Re- like, it's like a... Like, this playground is like a like a school year. You know what I mean? Like, they're, like, learning there. And so... um. I like on faith bought 40 soccer balls and I have this like crazy dream journal where like you put your dreams in it and you cut out pictures and stuff and I cut out pictures of soccer balls and then I bought soccer balls thinking they were going to look one way and then they came to my house and they look exactly like the one in my dream journal. Wow. And so I was like, "Whoa, that's crazy." <laughs> and so um so I'm doing like that and I have 240 boxes of cereal to give away to kids who need to eat in the summer because they get free lunch during the school year and breakfast, and they don't get that in the summer. So a bunch of people all crazily donated when I said, I need 30 people to give me $12 or whatever. And so we, my other friend helped me, just bought cereal like crazy. And um, trying to buy a house in the city of Detroit, like, I want to have some street cred, and I want them to know, like, I'm just not some crazy white girl from the city. Like, I love it here, and I could live anywhere. You know, I have friends. We have friends. We all have friends who live in Colorado, and, like, if you would have asked me a year ago, I would have been like, I will not live in Detroit. I want to go to Colorado. Yeah. But, like, I know, like, that's not what God has for me. So mm-hmm. um, helping with my churches, like, we have – Teams from all over the state come. It's called four days and we have that going on. And, you know, I got like a million things, soup kitchens, soccer fields, whatever. Whatever God says, like, go do that. I'm like, okay. Sometimes I'm like, "Er, okay. But, (laughs) you know, like I know that every day he gives us a new chance to be faithful, like every day. Mm -hmm. And so, like I might screw it up tomorrow and, you know, whatever. But the next day gives me a new chance and so he's faithful and i just want to mimic that you yeah. know like come on and so i don't know hopefully don't cuss anybody out that's always <laughs> my thing like i'm always like i love jesus I cuss a little so <laughs> i don't know
2: First John 19 has helped me out so much in that area. Like I was telling some of the kids during like one of our small groups, like mm-hmm. that kind of stumbled into the conversation. And like everyone's mouth just kinda of dropped. They're like, Calvin? I'm like, yes, dude, I have the what's worst first, sailor mouth.
1: What's first John yeah,
2: one nine. Um, I love
0: Jesus, but I cuss a little.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Gonna look it up but, if you um, don't yeah. know. Let's see.
2: It's basically um is our way of being able to maintain fellowship and closeness with the Father despite our uh, inconsistencies and our failures, but bringing that weakness to the Father, to the throne of grace, receiving the grace of God and being able to walk free and clear from shame and guilt and condemnation and like unworthiness. If we confess our sins, he is uh, faithful to forgive us of our sins uh, and purge us of all unrighteousness, which, you know, is his work.
1: Good job. I just read it while you said it.
2: Nice. I, remember <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was hoping yeah. I didn't butcher it, but yeah, like the fact that you know, through us knowing our weaknesses, coming to the Father with our weaknesses instead of hiding those things, like letting him know, like Lord, I have a mouth on me and I need help with this thing, because you know this this shouldn't be my thing that I'm praying to you with this, and at the same time, just like cussing people out and tearing people down with it, and that should really convict me super hard. So like um, that passage has helped me so much to be able to continue to walk faithfully with the Lord and track with them and in my inconsistent moments, because they happen. Mm-hmm. Just first John one nine, I'm confessing like Lord, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me for that. Uh help me use this mouth to glorify you and keep walking, loving Jesus and walking mm-hmm. forward.
1: I just wanna say that if someone says, Oh far Fignugan, instead of the other word, the 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 implication is still the same. You yeah. just said a different word. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you just tried to clean it up a little bit. But, you
0: know. well, Margie, thanks a bunch for sharing. And just for being an example of like, I don't know, I, one of my uncles was described this way, um, that like ministry like flowed out of him, like not necessarily that he was part of a ministry. And I see that a lot, you know, oh, just you. Uh, in, you know, not necessarily – Heading up like a quote unquote ministry, but just like, yeah, doing ministry with your life, serving people, feeding us,
1: um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. hitting
0: us with spoons when we need it. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so like for anyone that wants to check out um, My Brother's Keeper or how to help out with the soccer thing, what can they do? Like, do you have anything online?
1: I'm on Facebook and you can um, email me at ChristDrivenMom at Yahoo.com. There's nothing, like, official, just, just me. and mm-hmm. Cool. Thanks for having me.
0: All right. So that was Margie. Um, if you want to check out what she has going on, uh, feel free to hit her up on Facebook or email her if you want to help with the soccer field and pick up shirts. And uh, if you want to check out our page, letgoddie.com, that would be much appreciated. So until next time.